How's it going, everybody? And welcome to Just Nobody's Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm your host, Daniel. And today we're doing a podcast. Woo! If you're new to the channel, please hit the subscribe button and also hit the like button. And while you're at it, comment what you want us to talk about for next week. And we will do your suggestion or your recommendation or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do it the following week. So we just got news today. Johnny Depp won the case. Oh, that's right. Dude, that he was won. weird. I, I mean, I feel like he should have won. Don't get me wrong. I feel like he should have won, okay? Mm-hmm. But I just, I was worried because I heard a lot of, like, lawyers talk about the case, and they said that it is very tough to win these. Yeah. So, especially, like, with the evidence Amber Heard had, right? She's, like, had pictures of, like, having, like, bruises. Right. But comes to find out, we don't know how true those were. Right. Ended I mean, up being false. I mean, they, didn't they find out they were, like, edited? They are edited, and I think she, like, paid TMZ or tipped them off. To like come and like pretend to cover. Oh, wow. I, I don't want to speak on it because I don't really know yeah. enough about it. But good for Johnny Depp. I hope he can you know get back onto his acting roles and flourish. Flourish. Soar like a bird. He said like if Captain Jack Sparrow like the role ever came back to him and they offered him like three hundred million dollars, he would decline. Right. Which is really sad because I feel for us for our generation, we know Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow. Like that was his big role. For us to like associate Johnny Depp with a character, and it was always Jack Sparrow. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's unfortunate that the world we live in a world where people can lie and try to ruin people's careers like that. But I'm glad that the public and the jury all saw that Johnny Depp was in the right. Yeah. And get Amber Heard out of Aquaman too. Jeez. <laughs> I hope I hope the opening scene is her getting you know <laughs> sent to another universe multiverse that'd be pretty funny i mean i feel like that would boost ratings if if they started aquaman 2 with amber heard just getting killed <laughs> not like real life okay i'm not threatening or no, anything i'm just no. saying like the story arc of her character mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah oh that'd be crazy it would that'd be. be the meme of the year but i feel like that's something dc would do just to yeah. like say okay i know we didn't want her in the movie but we just here here you go <laughs> i bet you people start clapping if that happens yeah, it'd probably be voted like one of the most cheer moments in the theater. Oh, yeah, the Academy Awards giving them like the best moment of the year. And we also got Stranger Things. Oh, my, oh my gosh. gosh. Is Stranger Things crazy? It's so funny. Last week, we talked about Stranger Things in like anticipation of if it's going to be good or not, right? So we filmed it, I believe, that week we filmed late. So it was like Thursday. Yeah. And Stranger Things came out that night, that at midnight. Night. So last week we didn't know about like what happens, but this week we binged it, we watched it all. Oh my gosh, is it a dark season? Oh my gosh. I was shocked how gruesome it was. Oh yeah, right off the bat. Yeah, the first eight minutes, slaughtered. Yeah. Kids, dead. Yeah, so for everyone who missed it on TikTok, there's a crazy theory about how the trailer actually showed us how many people are going to be killed in this season. So we know in the trailer, we had like a hidden message, like a hidden picture of different portals to the upside down, right? And we know that whenever Vecna kills someone, it creates a new portal at the scene. Right. So we see all these different portals with timestamps next to them. And it was supposed to unveil like a hidden message in the trailer. Yeah. But it actually might show how many people are going to die. So we see four portals and we see that three people have already been killed by Vecna. But you could, like the human eye couldn't catch it right away, right? It was like something. It was something so quick, right? People had to like freeze, like pause it, and like catch it at the right moment to see the portals, right? So we know that Vecna kills people that have extreme guilt, and in this season, we actually see a lot of that guilt come back for some people. Yeah, 
like Nancy with Barb, right? Hopper with his daughter. And I feel like throughout all the seasons, Steve has kind of had this long-going guilt of being a bully. Well, the original, like, story for the first season of Stranger Things, I believe that Steve was supposed to be killed in the first season of Stranger Things. But they found out that people liked him so much, they kept him around. Right. His story arc was literally just to be the bully and to be killed off as the bully. Here he is slowly kind of hitting that hero arc where he's, he's becoming, you know, went from being the bad guy to now being the good guy. Yeah, and I feel like he's always, like, classified himself as the babysitter, you know? So he has, like, a really good relationship with the kids. Yeah. So it would be really hard for the kids if they lost him. Especially Dustin. Especially Dustin. So I think it might happen. Yeah, I feel Steve's death would really impact not only the kids, but will really hit, like, the audience where you're like, whoa, like, that just happened. Yeah. Like, nobody's safe. Nobody. Because right now, I feel pretty good, like, Okay, everyone's making it out through these seasons, right? Yeah. I mean, here we have a couple deaths here and there, but it's never anyone from the main cast. Right. And even Millie Bobby Brown said, like, there's too many people. We got to start killing people. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. People are going to die. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's just the reality of, I mean, they're literally going to war with the Mind Flare and all their creatures and monsters. Right. You're going to tell me that these group of kids are going to all make it out alive when you got military workers and soldiers dying yeah, no to these way. monsters. No way. Yeah. And I mean, the next two episodes, it's, it's going to be close to four hours. That's right. So I think we're going to get some pretty crazy scenes. It's going to be dark. It's going to be crazy. People are going to die. <laughs> yeah. But do you know the Stranger Things theory about Will? No. Will? So we know in this season, Will seems kind of like he's been sidelined and he's kind of sad and really down. But there's a crazy hint that something big is planned for Will. What do you mean? So we know that Will has not caught a break in this series. And remember in season two when Joyce is like trying to make Will remember happy thoughts? Yeah, she was like trying to get the mind flutter out of his system, right? Right. So in that scene, she tries to make him remember his birthday and she says it's March 22nd. But this date actually is really important. How? So in season four, we see how Will's kind of annoyed and upset that Mike came to visit. And now Will's kind of like the third wheel. And Mike even says that he's been really mopey and sad. But if you look at the scene where Eleven's getting bullied at the roller rink, you could see that someone's filming it. And on the film, the date reads March 22nd, Will's birthday. And everybody forgot Will's birthday. Dude, that's messed up. But this could be why he feels so sad and left out. So maybe they're setting up Will to make some bad decisions, some evil decisions, and maybe he'll make the big sacrifice in the end. That is so sad. I didn't even know it was his birthday. It probably makes him feel like he doesn't belong. Okay, you know for they did that for a reason. Like, on the camera, for them to show the date, March 22nd, of all days they could have picked. And even for that feature to even be on the camera, it's amazing how it's his birthday. Right. But it's, it's interesting how they didn't even make a big deal about that at all. When they're going into the roller rink, right, Jonathan and Argyle drop them off. Uh-huh. And Jonathan tells them from the window, hey, Will, have fun. Right? But then Jonathan could tell, like, something's off. Like, something's, like, missing. But he forgot his birthday. Dude, wow. Not I, even his mom remembered. That's really sad. I wonder how they're going to, like, bring that up. Yeah. In the next episodes or the next seasons, if it's going to be, like, Will's like, you guys forgot my birthday. And then it's a flashback to like what went down that day. Mm-hmm. Probably something like that. I mean, there's a lot of like unanswered questions for Will, right? He has this painting and nobody knows what he's painting, but it seems like it's definitely for Mike. They have no hints toward it. He just, we just know he has a painting for Mike. I wonder what it is. And then, right, 
we see Max give out these envelopes to all her friends and her family. Yeah. And I think we're going to have to see those envelopes because we know why she wrote them. She wrote them because she feels like she's going to die. Really? Right? Yeah. It's just crazy. Like all these little hidden things that usually in stories they like make it a point. Oh, look at, look at what we're doing. Right. But it's almost like they're waiting, planting these seeds slyly and are going to do an interesting way of storytelling where it's more of like showing the audience than just telling the audience. Yeah. In all honesty, I don't think four hours is enough to show. I don't really know what they're going to do in those four hours. Yeah. You can't conclude much of anything. They might leave it on a big cliffhanger for season five. Because we know season five's the last season. It's going to be the end game. The end. The beginning of the end. Can you imagine? They have like a... They all assemble on the field in the upside down. You got Hopper with his six-shot revolver. <laughs> I, just, I just don't understand how they're going to beat the Mind Flayer. You know, no one else has powers besides Eleven. There's a good theory. Okay, so there's a good theory that I saw in Vanity Affair. They talked about this. What if the whole show, the whole everything about the show uh-huh. is just the, the core group of kids playing Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, my god! And, like, Steve and all the other characters, Nancy, are just yeah. side characters in the, their imagination. That are just there. That would be the craziest twist. But it would also really be lame to see them go to battle with the, you know, the mind flare and it's just this big thing to, for it all to just to be imagination. Yeah. Dungeon Dragon. That thing. is true. I mean, but it could be true because I think the Duffer Brothers said that they've had the ending since the beginning. They've had the vision of the ending and it's just evolved over time, but they have it. So it could be true. Yeah. Right? It starts with some kids playing Dungeons and Dragons. It ends with ki- like just kids playing Dungeons and Dragons, you know? Oh, that's right. The first episode starts with them playing. Does it? I thought so. Oh, my gosh. I'm pretty sure. It's been a while since I watched the first episode. The beginning of the end. Beginning to the end. Last week or two weeks ago, I, was, I told you a theory. Uh, not really a theory. It's more of a fact. Mm-hmm. No, it's a theory. Let's just... <laughs> I don't want to be uh, get in trouble for this. All right? It's a theory. It's a theory about love languages. And for everyone Ooh. that doesn't know, love languages is basically the way you show love to your significant other or to people that you love. Yeah, this was really deep. This kind of hit me hard. It's really, it's really sad. So what I found was... Basically, there's been a lot of psychologists that have done studies on people and found, you know, analyzed them, figured out what things they have lost in their life, where they are at emotionally. Mm -hmm. And what they found was that your love language, the way you give love to others, is what you didn't receive from your family or your parents. That's so crazy. So, yeah, I mean, basically, it's saying, like, if you like to give gifts, like some people like to give gifts as their way of loving other people. Like, hey, I got you this present and I really put a lot of thought into it. And that's your way of saying I love you. That means as a kid, you didn't get gifts. You didn't feel appreciated. Right. If your love language is words of affirmation where you like to tell your loved one, like, I love you so much. I think you're amazing. I think you're, you know, you're really gifted at this and this and this. And you're trying to affirm the person. That means as a kid, you didn't get that from your parents. You didn't get that, I love you, or I'm proud of you, and stuff like that. So it's so sad. So it's interesting to like, kind of reflect like, and analyze what is your love language and trying to figure out, looking back at your life and be like, did I receive that as a kid? Or is that something that I didn't receive and that's why I'm giving it? But if you received all of them, right, it's usually the one that you received the least of. 
Right. I, I, really I mean, that would make the most sense. You're right. But it makes sense, right? You didn't receive something. So when you grow up and you have the ability to give something, that's the thing you give. And it makes sense, too, if you love somebody mm -hmm. and you know as a kid you didn't receive something and it really bothers you. Yeah. And you're like, man, if I got that one thing, I would have felt so good. Right. So now, you know, you associate that as like, okay, if I know this would have made me feel good, I'm going to give it to someone else. Right. It's pretty deep. It is. It's a really deep theory. It could be wrong. I mean, this, it's like not, this doesn't go for everybody. Okay. There's people yeah. out there like you and I, we've, we've had a lot, we've had a good life. Yeah. So it doesn't really apply to us necessarily. So, but there's also a lot of people that it applies to. Right. As we saw in the comments on TikTok, people were saying like, yeah, I didn't receive this as a kid. So mm. it makes sense why I give it. I think in my eyes, the theory totally makes sense. Yeah. Because it, it's a very logical way of thinking. And it's exactly how parents probably think too, right? If you're, say like for me, not for me, say if there's a kid and his parents yelled at him all the time, mm -hmm. beat him up, tried to, you know, whatever it may be, the kid feels that hurt. He knows like, oh man, like I hate that when my parents used to beat me up. Yeah. So when I raise my kids now, I'm not going to do that to them. Mm -hmm. And it's basically the kind of the same mentality. It is. It is the same mentality. You got treated a certain way as a kid. So you're like, I didn't like that. So I'm not going to do that to my kid. Yeah. But I guess it could also work. It could flip flop. Too. Yeah, it could. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This week we got episode three of Obi-Wan. Oh, was it a crazy episode? I mean, everyone's loving Obi-Wan and don't get me wrong. It's a great show. I think it's, it's very, very good. And for the first time, a show that had a lot of hype, yeah, that it's meeting people's expectations, right? Which is pretty hard to do. It is really hard to. I do. I mean, I don't. I forgot what's the correct years or amount of years that's passed, but mm -hmm. I imagine it's been well, it's been like fifteen years or something like that since. Yeah, yeah fifteen years since Revenge of the Sith. Long time. With that being said, there's been a lot of time that's passed, and a lot of things have gone wrong in the Star Wars universe. So for it to be successful, and for mm -hmm. all the fans to come back. Yeah. And to really appreciate the show, it just shows you what a good show it is. Yeah, because Star Wars has been a little bit on the weaker side the past few years. I would say... Up, up until Mandalorian. Right. Up yeah. until Mandalorian. But I think this show has really boosted Star Wars back. From the standpoint of people getting on Twitter and be like, oh my gosh, did you see that Star Wars episode? Yeah. And people are like all hyped. That's pretty cool to see after what we saw with The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, and people just not having it. I mean, to bring Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor back, that in itself is huge. Yeah. You can't ask for a bigger comeback. Okay, well, Luke Skywalker coming back is huge, but yeah. to see Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor mm -hmm. coming back playing those characters is iconic. Yeah, it's almost like bringing Robert Downey Jr. back to the MCU. Yeah, you got Steve Rogers and Robert right. Downey Jr. <laughs> it makes, it, it's sorry, like sorry. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. So do you know the crazy Obi-Wan theory? No. So this is the first theory that we've ever talked about for Obi-Wan. Okay. And I think I'm going to shock you. Oh, boy. So we know Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith has his signature lightsaber. Yeah. Obi-Wan Alec Guinness in Episode 4 has his signature lightsaber. Right. As we see, he fights Darth Vader. He turns into a ghost. <laughs> yeah. So recently... They were doing interviews at Star Wars Celebration, and they asked Ewan McGregor, like, what is an, what's your ideal lightsaber? If you could make one, and he goes like, uh, well, you know, 
there's something and he's like oh i was just about to give something away so i better not and he's like and he's like walks away there's a theory that he's going to be creating either a new lightsaber or he'll be using anakin's lightsaber because something's going to happen to his no way let's start off with this we know star wars is a disney property disney's about making money right that's why Marvel superheroes always have new suits because of the toys. True. So Star Wars knows Obi-Wan's a big show. We got to come out with a new droid as we see there's a new droid. Yeah. We got to come out with new toys, new characters, new weapons, new, you know, custom lightsabers. Yeah. Because they know it's going to sell. Mm. So either Obi-Wan is going to get his lightsaber ruined and he's going to have to build a new one during the time of Obi-Wan series before episode four. Or he's going to be using Anakin Skywalker's some kind of adjustment where it's like a hybrid or something. Oh, my gosh. He definitely seemed like he was trying to hint at something. Well, if someone brought up his lightsaber, his ideal lightsaber. No, he said if you could make one. Okay, and then he was, said he was going to reveal something. Right. Dude, he's making one for sure. I wonder how he's going to do it. And, like, what's... I mean, maybe... Hear me out. Oh my gosh, I just gave up. Okay, okay, what, okay. What, what, what? what if he, this is going to be crazy. I don't know if he would do this, but if he connects Anakin's and Obi-Wan's together and he creates like a Darth Maul situation. Oh, like the, the bottom of the hilt? Yeah. And he puts them together? Connects them together. Oh, that would be crazy. And he, he, he uses like a Darth Maul type? Yeah, that would be insane. I mean, that would get people to buy that. Yeah, I just wonder how, like, Obi-Wan's journey is going to be trying to reconnect with the Force. Yeah. It's kind of shocking how, I guess, since he hasn't been using the Force, he's, like, a lot weaker now. Yeah. And he's a lot more scared. Dude, Darth Vader was going to wreck him. Oh, my gosh. He had no chance. Darth Vader actually looked scary. Like, it was, like, I was kind of scared for Obi-Wan, man. I know he's, like, the main character, but I was But like, we also know he survives. <laughs> right, right. We also, yeah, we do know that. But, man, it's, it's crazy. It, it looks like a master Jedi fighting someone that doesn't even know what they're doing. Right. Just wrecking them. But we, I think it's crazy how ruthless we saw Darth Vader was. Yeah. Right, which is regular civilians. Just, like, force choking, snapping people's necks. With a flick of a finger. Yeah. I mean, he's brutal. Yeah. Very. As he should be, though, because like, in the right. comics, we know Darth Vader is crazy. He is a menace. Yeah. It's, it's really nice to see that in a weird way. You know what I mean? It's nice to see that we're seeing the Darth Vader that everybody knows. Yeah, because think about it. The only time we've seen Darth Vader, mm-hmm. besides Rogue One, is just episode four through six. Right. So to see the CGI what we have now and the abilities to really show what force can do like what's like the max darth vader we can get yeah with technology now mm-hmm. and that's what i hope we get oh my gosh he had obi-wan he had him i know i mean he was burning him to death basically. <laughs> yeah that was crazy it was like episode three flashback the one thing i have to say is when they created leia the young leia mm-hmm. and she's running away from those bounty hunters like, yeah come on come, yeah either okay run, run faster or have some obstacles where she's hiding and like that's why she's getting away right she they are like portraying how young leia would be but it doesn't quite make sense that these people can't run after a 10 year old girl right and i get it i get it she's a young actress right Right. and that's how a kid would run right but don't let don't make it look like she's getting away just you know you got 
people that are grown men running after her. <laughs> just, you know, it's all right. Let them yeah. let them get him. Right. Yeah. That's my only complaint. Yeah. That's my only complaint of the whole show. Only complaint. I was just like a certain parts I was or like even like what Obi wants. Like Leia, don't do that. You shouldn't run after them. You should you shouldn't do that. <laughs> like, bro, bro, grab her then. You know? Use the force and just push her down or something. Yeah. But yeah, that is the only complaint. But we when we saw Hayden Christensen in the distance. Oh yeah, that was crazy. That was a like I was like, what? Wait, they just showed us that. Yeah, I'm actually really impressed that they showed Darth Vader in episode three, like fighting with Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. They didn't try to wait till episode six. Yeah. I would have been really upset if they did that. I know. It was nice to see how much action there is just in the uh, up to the third episode. Yeah. And it's the number one Disney Plus show now. I know. That's crazy. It's crazy. Obi-Wan, you're doing it. You're doing it. So do you know the mystery case of the boy in the box? The boy in the box? Okay, so back in 1957 in Philadelphia, there was a hunter wandering in the woods, and he came across a beat-up cardboard box. But it gave him a really weird feeling, so he left it alone. Then the next day, someone else was wandering in the woods, and they stumbled upon the same box. But they decided to open it, and inside, they found a dead boy with nothing but a blanket. What? So this person informed the police, and the police tried to identify the body and put it on record. But they couldn't identify who the boy was. So they had people from different states all over the country come and try to identify the boy, but nobody could do it. Then police sent out hundreds of thousands of flyers all over the country trying to identify the boy, but nobody identified who he was. The police even took fingerprints and footprints of the boy, and it didn't match any records from the hospital, almost like the boy never existed. Gosh, that's really weird. Yeah, so instead of studying the body, they decided to study the box that the boy was found in. And the box had a serial number on it, and they were able to trace the box back to a JCPenney that was 15 miles away from the scene. And they found that these boxes were used to ship baby cribs. And they found that the JCPenney shipped out 12 at the time. So they tried to trace the box back to one of the 12 people who bought one of the cribs. But all 12 of them paid in cash, so it was untraceable. You gotta be kidding me. So after this, the police went to investigate where they found the box. And they found a little blue hat just a few feet away from where they found the box. And they found that it was a custom hat made by a small store in Philadelphia. So they went to the store owner and the store owner said that she remembered the man who bought that hat. But after she sold it, she never saw the man again. Dude, who the heck did it then? So there's a theory that the boy was actually sold to another family because someone came forward and said they heard a man say that he sold his son shortly before the incident. And when this man was investigated, it was found that he had very similar facial features to the boy himself. And later in the investigation, a girl came forward and said that her mom had papers of purchasing a young boy. But the investigation kept leading to dead ends and it's still unsolved to this day. And on the boy's gravestone, it says America's unknown child. Dude, this is the saddest story I've ever heard. But it's so freaky, right? How they were unable to identify who this was. I am like lost for words. Yeah, okay. The fact that they had people come in from other states to try to identify like with their missing persons report and nobody identified. Right. So how does nobody in the country know where this boy came from? It doesn't make sense. It's almost like some kind of like cover up or something's going on. Right. And they took fingerprints and footprints, right? And they usually take footprints when you're born in the hospital and no records were found to match. It's almost like the kid was born at home off the record and was sold yeah 
right? It had to have been something like that. It had to be. It was definitely not in the hospital. No. Because then there would be records of it. It's just so crazy to me. That's so weird. But what's crazy, right? How this investigation kept leading to dead ends, right? They seem like they have so many clues and hints, but yeah. they never found who it truly was. Because they didn't want to know. Right. That sounds like a pretty big case. Yeah. And for them to keep hitting dead ends, it really doesn't make sense, especially when you have all these different people saying that theories here and there on what really happened. But what co it could have been, right? It could have been the guy who's, who had the hat. Yeah. Because they never found who that was. Never. <sighs> and that was the piece of evidence that was left there. Ugh. Heebie-jeebies. That's like weird. It doesn't sound right. Well, it sounds horribly wrong. Yeah. And it's disturbing. So you know what they did to try to find if time travel was real? No. So you know who Stephen Hawking is? Yeah. World-renowned scientist, greatest researcher, great mind. Right. So he believed that he could find if time travel was real. How? And if there's one person that could do it, it'd probably be him. I guess so, yeah. So what he did was, he's like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell anybody about this. I'm going to try to find if time travelers are real. Mm -hmm. So what he did was he got together by himself in his own house. Decorated his house, planned everything out. He's like, I'm going to throw a time traveler's party for only time travelers, but I'm not going to tell anybody about it. What? So he did in 2009, he got together by himself. I keep saying got together like he's with a bunch of people, but he's by himself in his house. Uh -huh. Has a party by himself. Champagne, everything, like decked it out. Okay. No one showed up. Okay. So his whole goal was to find time travelers at this party. Uh -huh. So the theory is that time travel is not real because if time travel was real, he thought people would have showed up to his party. Oh. Because after he did his experiment and mm -hmm. no one showed up to the party, he then told all his colleagues, like, what I did was I actually did an experiment try to find time travelers and no one showed up. So by him telling the public, that would have told people in the future that he did this back in the past. Oh. So people that were time travelers that had the abilities in the future would have probably came back to attend the party. Oh. Wait, that's just kind of smart. So he was given an award, a scientist scientist award wow that's actually pretty crazy he actually got it from the seattle science fair wow he got the award i mean when you think about it that would be the way to like see if one's real and but then i propose this mm -hmm. if i'm a time traveler yeah would i really want to be known as a time traveler that's true that is true you because would not want to be caught if you get caught mm -hmm. it alters the future so then it would be defeating the purpose of having time travel right if I were to be a time traveler and I went to that party and people knew that I was time traveling mm -hmm. and people knew that time travel exists, I might not exist then. Yeah. Because it could change the timeline. That's kind of scary to think about. Yeah. You never know what's real. Yeah. You don't. Nikola Tesla might have done it. That was one of his like greatest desires is time travel. I think he did it. I honestly think he did. Oh, there's a whole other theory. <laughs> oh, gosh. So did I ever really tell you the details of how I almost got killed? Wait, so, what? So back when I was in the second grade, uh -huh. you were really young at the time. Yeah. I was, at, I was with dad and we're at dad's friend's house. I'm not going to say who it is, but okay. we're at dad's friend's house. We're helping paint his garage. Uh -huh. So dad and I are painting the garage, right? And all of a sudden dad realizes that we were running out of paint. Okay. So dad's like, hey, I'm going to run to Home Depot really quick. I'm going to grab some paint. Uh -huh. And I was really young at the time. And I was like, okay, no worries. I was just going to hang out here. So I'm hanging out at the house. Yeah. All of a sudden, this huge dog starts chasing me out of nowhere. What? So I book it. Like, it, it was a Labradoodle. It's a huge dog. Okay. It was taller than me. Yeah. So I'm running away from the dog. Right? I'm like, 
this dog's like keeps going. It doesn't stop. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this dog's going to kill me. So all of a sudden I'm running and the dog jumps on me, right? Yeah. And keep in mind, the house was surrounded by a brick wall. Okay. And everybody knows that brick walls, the corner of a brick is really sharp. Oh, yeah. Right? So the dog jumps on me, pushes me. I then fly. I'm flying in the sky. I land in the corner of the brick, almost cut my eye, almost break my eye, technically, smashes my skull, and I almost hit my, like, temple. I literally, it was in between my eye and my temple, and Uh it hit perfectly right here in between my eye, a centimeter away from losing my eye or dying. Oh, my God. Splat. Boom. I'm just messed up, right? And I'm just bleeding out because no one's there. I'm bleeding out. Yeah. There's this like, I'm done. Right. And the dog's still there. All of a sudden, I get so lucky. Dad pulls in and he just sees me lying there just bloody. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's how that happened? That's how it happened. But I almost died because it literally hit in the corner here, right? In between my eye and my temple. But I remember hitting it and I was so in shock that I didn't feel any pain. The chances of it hitting right there is crazy. I know. I'm so lucky that I survived. You would not be here today. No, I definitely am lucky too that I didn't lose my eye. Yeah. Because it hit right here. You know what I mean? If you guys can see on camera, it's like right there. The corner of a brick. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It was a brick wall at the corner. Oh my gosh. Let's see. If you were in second grade, I wasn't even in. You're in kindergarten. Oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. What's so weird, dad was telling me, he's like, he said when he was getting the paint. Uh huh. He ended up not coming back with paint because he said that he felt, he's like, man, I don't feel comfortable leaving Ryan there. Like something might happen. So oh dad my. decided not to get the paint and he turned his car around and drove back. Shut up. Yeah. That, okay. That's why I feel like there's like crazy like parent instinct. Yeah. I think that's a real thing. Yeah. That's crazy. If he didn't come back as yeah. like, as soon as he did, mm-hmm. who knows what I, like I might've bled out. Right. Cause he would have had to get the paint. Buy it, then drive all the way back. Right. Yeah, I didn't know it. It was like that. Yeah. And then I ended up having to get stitches, and I'm here today. You've had a lot of injuries. I have. I have had a lot of injuries, but I'm still here. We're talking about it on the podcast. So, do you know about the college professor who broke his wife out of prison? No. So, it's based on a true story about a French woman who actually killed her boss, and her husband had to come and save her, break her out of prison. Hey, love can make you do some crazy things, man. So, this guy named John and his wife, Laura, and they have a son named Luke. And they live a pretty normal life. Both of them go to work and Luke goes to elementary school. Laura has diabetes, so she's constantly having to take insulin and check her blood sugar levels. But one day, Laura realized that on her jacket, there's a blood stain on it. So she goes to the sink and starts trying to wash it off. But right when she's done washing, all of a sudden, the cops break down the door and arrest her for murder. What? So this forces John to like raise their son, Luke, by himself because his wife's in jail. Oh, that's really sad for the son. So Laura was put in prison for life. And John was convinced that she did not commit the murder. So he was constantly trying to find lawyers to help prove her innocence. So John would constantly go to the prison to visit Laura. And every time Laura would tell him, I did not kill anybody. So John believes his wife that she didn't do it. But nobody believes her. Even the lawyers don't believe her. The lawyers don't believe her? Yeah, because there's a lot of evidence that make it look like she did it. One, she was the last person seen with the person that was murdered. And two, she had the victim's blood on her jacket. Dude, that's not good. So John goes into depression because he realizes that there's no legal way to get his wife out of prison. Oh, geez. So John realizes that he has to do something. So he goes to the library, starts reading a lot of books about prison and understanding how guys escape prison. He even met with a guy who managed to escape prison eight times just to be able to talk to him and understand how he did it. So the guy tells John, 
Okay, everything needs to be planned out. Time, location, possible roadblocks, everything needs to be super organized. And he told him, pay everything with cash so there's no trace of anything. That seems like kind of vague advice. Yeah, so John takes the guy's advice and he starts planning everything out on a map. And he starts observing everything that goes on in the prison while he's visiting Laura. And John knows that he's going to need a lot of money to pull this off. So he sells his house on Craigslist. Craigslist? Yeah, so the next thing that John has to do is he has to get fake IDs and passports. So he hires the guy off the street that can make like fake identities for his family. But the guy's a criminal and he tells John, like, dude, this is impossible. You're not gonna be able to break your wife out of prison. So John starts learning how to pick lock and he basically learned how to make this certain key that goes into any lock and it's called a bump key. So John goes to the prison and he puts the key into like the elevator, but the key breaks in half. Inside the prison? Yeah, so inside the prison and the cops find the broken key on the ground. So they start investigating all the people that are visiting the prison. So John lies to the police officer and says, it wasn't me. And because the security camera couldn't see John, he was let go. Dude, he's so lucky. So Laura knows that John's up to something and she knows that her husband's not gonna stop until he gets her out of prison. And Laura's scared that if John gets caught, their son Luke will have no parent to raise him. So she tells John, I killed the woman, I did it, I'm guilty. So John feels that she's just lying to him so that he would stop. So that night, John goes to like a local gang's house and he knows they have money. So he goes in and tries to rob him. In the process of robbing the house, the house caught on fire so he just grabbed the money and ran. Dude, this guy's a savage. Yeah, so John continued with his plan. So he went to this fence and he cut a hole in it and he was getting his plan already. He got his kid ready for school, had his kid say his last goodbyes to his grandparents because he knows that this is the last time he's going to see his grandparents. John gets all the evidence in his house like and hides it, rips it up so that no one knows his plan. Dude, this is getting pretty intense. So then John goes to the hospital and he puts fake blood results in Laura's file. So it looks like she's really sick. So it will make the prison have to take her to the hospital because they think she's dying. But while this is happening, the police realize that John is up to something. So they go to John's house and they realize that he's not there. So the prison actually believed it and took her to the hospital? Yeah, because her blood results are really bad and she's a diabetic. And before the detectives could get to the hospital, John dressed up as a doctor and got to Laura first. And he had Laura change into a nurse's guys and they both try to get out of the hospital. Dude, how is this guy going to pull this off? So right when they're about to get out of the hospital, all of a sudden the detectives show up and John and Laura have to change into a different disguise. So they get into a different disguise, run out of the hospital and get on a train. So while they're on the train, John pulls the emergency stop and they stop midway and the train stops moving so they get out of the train and they crawl through the hole in the fence that john cut the day before dude this is crazy yeah so they literally hop in a car and start driving to go pick up their son but when they go pick up their son they realize that their son's at a birthday party at the zoo so now they have to get to the zoo dude they're for sure getting caught so while they're on their way to the zoo the police realize at john's house all his plans were in the trash can so they look at his plans and start calling all the police for backup so then john picks up his son from the zoo but there's a huge problem there's cops everywhere and they have to get through the different checkpoints so john has a plan so he goes to the train station and he picks up an older couple and he offers to give them a ride because he knows if he has a two older couple inside the car with them the police won't stop him dude this guy's iq is crazy so they get to the checkpoint and the guards are looking at john's car but they see John in the front seat, right? And they see the older couple in the car too. So it doesn't match the description. So they don't think anything of it and they let them pass. Oh my gosh. So once they cross the checkpoint, they drop off the couple and they head straight to the airport and they use their fake IDs to get past TSA. And in the meantime, the cops got John's plans. They start putting it on the wall and figuring out where he's going. 
and on John's map, it says he's going to Haiti. So the police call the airport and say, stop all flights going to Haiti. Dude, you gotta be kidding me. But John and his family got onto the plane because what John did was he put fake evidence in the trash can because he knew the police were gonna go through it and it made it look like he was going to Haiti, but really he was going to Venezuela. So the plane took off to Venezuela and his family got away. So did the wife actually kill anyone? So it turns out that Laura actually didn't kill the woman and she was falsely accused because they ended up finding more evidence that that night, Laura actually bumped into the killer who killed the lady and that's how the blood got on laura's jacket dude this is a good story dude isn't it crazy how you can go from being falsely accused i mean to being accused for murder to having to go through the whole escape process and then to come to find out that you're actually innocent yeah like what all that for that he literally broke the law and they ended up finding the truth it's crazy I don't, oh my God. That's the world for you. This guy's IQ though was insane. His IQ was off the freaking charts, man. Dude, yeah. I mean, he was a college professor and it really shows that he knew what he was doing. Dude, he was a genius in this. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. The fact that he planted fake evidence is insane. I know. And it's based on a true story. You're, you're joking. No, it's based on true events. Dude, what? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Okay, the fact that someone actually pulled this off is insane. All right, this next part of the podcast is called Whose Side Are You On? Where Leia comes on and tells a real life story where it's two people. One person's crazy. Another person may be crazy. We have to figure out who's right and who's wrong. Or maybe they're both totally normal and they're not like being ridiculous or petty for no reason. And you'll have to decide whose side you're on. So comment who's right and who's wrong. Here comes Leia. Woo, Leia. All right, here is Leia. Whose side are you on? Today we're gonna figure out whose side is right and who's wrong. All right, whose side are you on? Is the guy right or wrong? Am I wrong for leaving my girl for another? What? My ex and I had been together for two months. She decides to start talking about going on a break for her well-being. I was not pleased with this and made her promise to stay. But a day before she left for vacation for a week, she decides to say us just being friends is still on the table. When she leaves for vacation, I start talking to this new girl. And as the week goes on, I develop a good connection with her and I realize I like this girl more. I did flirt with her while my now ex was gone. I decide that I don't want to cheat on her because I thought it was wrong. So I broke up with her when she returned from her vacation. She was cool with it. But then I got more touchy with the new girl and her friends told my ex I was walking with a new girl and had my arm around her and was holding hands. She is pissed because I moved on in the same day and she doesn't want to be friends. She tells everyone I cheated on her and told the new girl and now the new girl wants nothing to do with me. Every girl at my school now probably hates me, which sucks because I really liked the new girl and wanted to be with her in the future. Am I wrong? Whose side are you on? Whoa. What the heck? Man, I know. Dude, what the heck? Talk this about gr- timing. This girl's wild and Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, okay, let me put it this way. I don't believe in breaks. Wait, get, get more in it. I don't believe in breaks. Yeah, same. Breaks don't work. Break either, is a breakup. You're either dating or you're not. Yeah. If you have to go on a break, you probably realize that that should be the moment where you're like, this person's not for me. Don't, don't think a break's going to fix you. It right. ain't going to happen. And let me tell you something. The guy did the right thing, okay? They were on a break, and he started liking this new girl, right? And he didn't want to cheat, so he broke up with her first. Yep. Right. 
So then he went to go start talking to the new girl. Yep. Which is the right thing to do. Yes. I like Kudos. that. Honor honor and integrity. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you. The ex is just jealous now. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. She is. I mean, you're on a break, okay? Technically, you're not together. Right. No. So, and he broke up with you. It's not like he mm-hmm. cheated on you. That's why I don't believe in breaks. I don't know what a break means. A break is, let me, let me kind of understand what I, I take a break as. I need, I like you, but I don't know if I really want to stay with you much longer, right? So I kind of am getting bored, so I want to explore my options and see what's out there. Deuces! But see, that doesn't even make sense. No, it's, it's, it's a cowardly way of saying, I want to break up, but I want to keep you around. Yeah. Yeah. So now he got two girls. I don't believe in breaks, man. If Let us ever, know if you believe in breaks. If you ever watch <laughs> Friends, you don't believe in breaks. No. Boston <laughs> Rachel. Nope. Didn't work out. Oh, yeah, it worked out. Kind of. I'm on the guy side. I'm on the guy side. Totally guy side. Good this job. Crazy. <laughs> wait, wait, hey, we're on the guy side. That's that's a, that's oh, that's, that's a first. No, it's not the first. Oh, true. Not the first. That's rare. true. It is rare. It is rare. It's rare. Good job, guy. Thank you, Leia. <laughs> I like those kinds of stories. Yeah, especially when we all know throughout our lifetime, right? You, we've heard the term. Let's take a break. Yeah. Let's just chill out, you know, break. Break. Not break up, break. Break. But if I see someone new and I like something better, then it turns into a breakup. Yeah, like that, ah. No. I just hate when I hear that people say like, I want to take a break. And then you see them hanging out with other guys or other girls, right? Yeah. And you're like, wait. So what does it mean? So shouldn't we just break up <laughs> yeah. at that point? It's, it's literally that, okay? That's what it is. Oh. A break is this, okay? Here we go. We go, let's call it a break. I go hang out with some more new girls, right? Mm-hmm. And if I find someone new, right, then I found a replacement. So then the break is now a breakup. But if I find some people, right, that I are interested in, mm-hmm. and it turns out I don't like them, then the break is now over and we're back together. <laughs> That's what a break is. It is, yeah. That's why I, we, we both agree here that breaks are ridiculous. Yeah, I just don't believe in them. Well, guys, thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you guys next week. If you're new to the channel, please hit the subscribe button. Also, hit the like button. If this video gets 3.5K likes, uh, I get a prank Daniel. Most likely won't happen, but if it hits 3.5K likes, comment what you want me to prank him with, and we'll do it live on the podcast. Also, comment what you want us to talk about next week, as you're going to see throughout this video. As you saw throughout this video, we used your guys' suggestions, and we talked about them. Yep. So keep commenting. So we'll see you guys next Friday on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And we'll see you tomorrow on TikTok. See you on the TikTok. God bless you guys. See ya. Love ya.